Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, Sandy's here. So is Greg, Debbie, Adam producing the show. Memorial Day, of course, is on Monday, and that means a weekend full of all sorts of stuff to do. And uh, we've got quite a list, Sandy. Let's kind of just... Uh, chop through some of this because there's a lot of stuff in every community. And I would say if you're interested in your community and seeing what they're doing, I'm sure a simple Google search will help you with your own neighborhood. But there are some significant, significant remembrances. And John, you participate every year in Menominee Falls. Yeah, In Menominee Falls, there's great stuff going on. They have a parade every year, which is really big. And this year they also have a Falls Fest. Uh, 5K run walk for Operation Finally Home. And also at the big park there, there's 60 vendors, live music, food, beverages. There's stuff for the kids to do. And it is on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that's in Menominee Falls, right in Village Park. That's a good one. Yeah. And this is a way, yes, we're all enjoying a little bit of a long weekend. But, man, stopping by and showing your honor and remembrance for the people who've made the ultimate sacrifice serving our country. And Wisconsin Memorial Park in Brookfield. Mm -hmm. At 10 a.m. on Memorial Day, they're going to have a ceremony, including fallen Milwaukee police officer Peter Jerving's parents will be there to speak at that ceremony wow. at Wisconsin Memorial Park. That's going to be powerful for sure. Something the Catholic Archdiocese does each year also is they have masses at the Catholic cemeteries at 10 a.m. on Memorial Day. So there are a bunch of Catholic cemeteries in our area, and all of them have a Memorial Day mass to remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice at 10 a.m., on Monday, so uh, that's pretty cool as well. In Burlington, they're very excited. After a three-year hiatus, uh, the Veterans Memorial Day Parade will be happening on Monday, and it will uh, end at Echo Park with a Memorial Day dedication, and that is all part of the Burlington Jamboree, which used to be called Burlington Chocolate Fest. Uh, mm -hmm. Greendale, there's going to have uh, a fallen walk, and that will start at 8.30 in the morning on Memorial Day. Waukesha, a new parade route for their Memorial Day parade, which kicks off at 10.15. In Tosa and Hart Park, there's a Veterans Memorial there, yeah. and Monday at 9 a.m. is when the Memorial Day observance will start there. West Racine, annual Memorial Day parade, and they have a new route while keeping up their mission to honor those who have served. The route uh, starts at 10 a.m. at West Boulevard and Washington Avenue, and they're following the parade a ceremony at 11 a.m. at Graceland Cemetery, including a 21-gun salute. And i got to tell you what's happening at Wood National Cemetery. So I emcee this event every year. So uh, come on out, please. Wood National Cemetery. It's the one you see right off the interstate by American Family Field. There's a cool American Legion concert that begins at 9 o'clock. Then a solemn Memorial Day ceremony begins at 9.30. We represent and commemorate all the different branches of the military. We talk about our heroes. So that this is a big deal. The politicians all come out for this one. So maybe despite that, come out. Wood National Cemetery. It's a very cool event. It's 9 o'clock on Memorial Day is when that all gets rolling. So Sandy had a great suggestion. If you want to find out what's going on in your neck of the woods, uh, Google it. Because a lot of communities have something going on, whether it's a parade or a ceremony or something. So check it out. A gathering at a park. But, yeah, just uh, it, it means a lot to families to see yeah. just simply showing up and showing support it does for sure up next i am super excited about this there's an awesome new company in town a to z dinners this is amazing so you can get chef prepared chef delivered meals to your door it's some of the best food you're ever going to get how you can get involved with that we're all busy right life is chaotic this is a great solution uh, the founders of a to z dinners are with us live in the studio up next on wtmj 
I love this. Two former chefs, two very talented, renowned chefs, found that during COVID, you know, like a lot of us, they need to get creative. And they kind of channeled their passion to something very cool. It's called A to Z Dinners. And it's basically, you want an in-home celebration, a quiet night, dinner for a bigger group. These two chefs are going to prepare gourmet food for you and deliver it to you. This is incredible, and we're joined by them in the studio. Lauren D'Amico Yorio is here with us, and so is Andrew Kozer. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks for bringing food, too. Yeah. Right? That was awfully nice yeah. of you, right? <laughs> Everything is plated right. Like It's beautiful. I try and plate something, and I get sauces that just fly all over the place. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't get anything. It tastes fine, but I can't get anything to look right, and they've nailed it both. So let's talk through my mouthful. Yeah, well done. <laughs> what we have here, because this is a representation of what you can do for people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So start with maybe the pasta dish and walk us through. Lauren, what do we have here? Yeah, so we have a creamy Cajun chicken pasta. So it's a a baked chicken breast with creamy Cajun sauce, and you have some red bell pepper, onion, tomato, and fresh parsley. To oh, that's it so good. It's very appetizing because it's very... I'm going to say orange in the right way, but it's just, it's very eye appealing mm-hmm. and it does make you hungry just looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's got a little bit of zip to it, but not too much. It doesn't like drown everything else out. That is incredible. Good. That's really good. Uh, Chef Andrew, what's on the greens? Tell us what, uh, what this beautiful. Yeah. So every week we mess. feature um, salads, whether, you know, a lot of times they're good for lunches to bring to work. So this one, we did a green goddess salad with uh, grilled steak. So it has mm. green goddess dressing, some fresh spring vegetables, just a nice fresh representation of um, one of the things we do um, on our steaks. We offer steak, chicken, or shrimp, um, as a side, mm. or tofu. So you, you brought mm. in a few different things for us to yeah. try. There's some salmon floating around that looks amazing. There's mm-hmm. some rice pilaf and green beans. So it, is this also like a like a daily thing that you do for? For families, suburban families, husband and wife work together. Like they, just, they get home at seven o'clock. They got kids. They're flying around. That's kind of our life, which I just mimicked. <laughs> yep. uh, is it like a a daily plan, three times a week, customizable? How do you work with your clients? Sure. So it is a delivered once a week. They can order as much or as little as they would like. Um, there's no commitment. So if one week you need it and one week you don't, uh, you have flexibility there. We always offer a chicken, a beef a pork and a seafood option. A lot of those can be vegetarian um, just with a small modification. And then we deliver it in containers that are just um, fully prepared, ready to heat. Mm. So within a few minutes, you can have you know yourself a restaurant quality meal at home. How often does your menu change? Yeah, so every week our menu changes. So we're really trying to bring a variety of different foods to the plate and um, we source from all local distributors and farms, and we try to have the most, the freshest ingredients that we can. I'm taking a look at next week's menu. Mm-hmm. Shrimp scampi. Mm-hmm. And dewy jambalaya. Ooh. Hawaiian huli huli chicken. Like, these are things. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have fun designing these. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's neat. So every week, we just try to mix it up. Uh, we, we like to have... Like you can see here, a um, a rice thing, a pasta thing, potato thing, different ethnic groups. Uh, we try to stay with seasonal flavors. Um, and then what we try to do, so the biggest thing that we found was the packaging, which is what sets us, we think, apart from others, is we have here a, a salmon that is in an aluminum pan. Yeah. So when we started this whole thing, we ordered from 
national companies that were, you know, that do this. Um, everything just goes in the microwave. It's a one container thing. Well, we got one. Salmon went in the microwave. When it came out, I wouldn't have even started to a cat, you know, <laughs> like salmon shouldn't have been. So, so what we did was we decided, well, coming from a restaurant, we know the best way to heat things and we wanted yeah. to bring that to the home. So the salmon comes in the metal container that would go in the oven. Uh, the veggies that are next to it come in the disposable plastic container that, you know, can microwave and steam the vegetables. So the whole idea is to just have kind of a better outcome at the end of all of it. He's exactly. Andrew Kozer and Lauren D'Amico Yorio is also with us. It's A to Z dinners. Mm-hmm. So really, it's like you've taken the best of a restaurant experience as far as quality of food and how gorgeous it is. And people can enjoy it in their home when they get home after work or when they're having a special something on a Saturday night. Yeah. And yep. you guys will actually deliver it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we deliver it. Um, you know, what we enjoy is having our hands involved in all of the process of it just to make sure that we're delivering the best quality. We're not trying to just put out um, product, you know, just to make money or something. The idea is that we, we love what we do um, and we just wanted to be able to share it with people that kind of needed the service. Um, mm-hmm. And here we are finding ourselves in position uh, with busy families ourselves that we both benefit from our own service. You know, like we know that the need is out there to just have good quality food. Yeah, you're making your dinner throughout the day, right? right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it home. You're all <laughs> truly, set to go. Truly yeah. handcrafted really nice. and hand delivered. Yes. Right. And, and the both of you have such a wide variety of experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm charmed that you started at age 14, Andrew, mm. flipping burgers. Right. <laughs> and then worked your way right up into like the Bartolotta family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that you also, Lauren, have experience with the Bartolottas, but that mm-hmm. you also attended the MATC culinary school that has such a great reputation. Yes, it was a great program. Learned a lot. And then I actually did a lot of work for my family. We have a few restaurants in the area. And so that's kind of where I started and then got into Bartolottas. And then one thing led to another. And now we're here. So what's your guilty food pleasure? I always like to ask this question. I mean, you are professionals. This is the most gorgeous food I've probably ever seen, and it's delicious. When you've worked a long day and you don't want something this fancy, what's your what's your go-to? I'm going to hit the drive-thru mm-hmm. or I'm going to do something really easy. Uh, what is it? What is it for you, Andrew? Um, I, I would always be good with a mac and cheese. That's just the Wisconsin in me. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, I think my biggest go-to is kind of anything asian um, just growing growing up, that was a, a good, easy-to-go thing. Um, I don't know. I really enjoy those flavors. Lauren, what is it? I My roots are Italian. I'll go for easy pasta dish. That'll take two seconds at home to whip together. <laughs> How do you That's decide good. what you're going to create week to week? Is that the fun part of it or the stressful part of it? Um, no, I'd say it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just to try to decide... Um, that all four meals are different because we have some families that um, at this point have kind of re- really relied on our service where they're ordering all four of the meals. So I don't want them eating the same flavors every day. Uh, so those those change. Yeah. Um, and we have very different backgrounds in terms of um, restaurants that we've worked in and different types of cuisines that we've focused on over the years. So I think coming together, we both have very different ideas of recipes and it's fun collaborating together this is incredible stuff so here's what you need to do i'm on the website right now this is so easy and it's beautiful it's a to z dinners.com a to z dinners.com weekly meals this is a piece of cake it's very affordable and do this because we're giving away 10 free dinners text the word dinner 
to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. We're going to choose somebody, and they're going to get a bunch of free dinners. And believe me, this stuff is awesome. <laughs> Text the word dinner. Can I, can I do it, too? Or is it not allowed to? Yeah, put your phone down. Well, it's delicious. It's a time saver, and I feel like a lot of people during the pandemic did cook at home mm-hmm. and are almost like, okay, I know the basics and are tired of cooking, and you can take this meal up to such a gourmet, wonderful level that it's a treat, but it's a treat you can enjoy at home. So right. by the time I get home, I can put that pasta in the oven while I'm unpacking my briefcase, and 20, 25, 30 minutes later, boom, I have delicious green beans that I already <laughs> actually grabbed a couple and rice peel off. Like It's just nice to not always have to be the person who has to cook every night, but have yeah. a good home-cooked meal. Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah. Andrew Kozer and Lauren D'Amico Yorio. It's A to Z dinners. Thank you so much. Thank Incredible you. stuff. Thanks for having us. Keep yeah, us updated. Let us know how things are going. Oh, yeah, it's Friday. Let's do some. In case you missed it. Yeah. Here we go. Where are Danish people from? What's the country? Denmark. Let's go to Denmark. Hello. <laughs> Danish painters in the 19th century may have turned to an unusual source for their supplies. Researchers were examining paintings from the Danish Golden Age. And they were trying to figure out what they used to get the paint to adhere to the canvases. So the researchers were checking this out. And they are looking for glue made from animals. They assumed that's probably what they used. Then they found something completely different. The researchers found that the Danish painters and the adhesives had traces of yeast and grains. You know what that means, yeast and grains. Beer. Beer. It turns out that the Danes were using brewing leftovers and spreading them across the canvas as a paste, creating a smooth surface and preventing the paint from seeping through the canvas. It was kind of like their foundation. Today they still use this process, but they don't use beer. They use a different white mixture. So beer in Denmark, used by artists to preserve their paintings... Bet they tip back a few, too. Bet those are some great-looking paintings, like after seven or eight beers. <laughs> How did you not know Danish people were from Denmark? <laughs> I, I had a World brain... traveling John Mercure. It's called like, like... cerebral flatulence. We had someone from yeah. there on the show. <laughs> like, like I knew, but I couldn't think. You know that happens sometimes, right? I was like, Every day of my life. Where, where is that? Yeah. How do you spell you the word the? Yeah, happens. <laughs> what do you mean by the? <laughs> In case you missed it. Would you like to make six hundred and fifty dollars an hour? I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could, you could move to Japan, but I'm thinking you, there's a virtual option for this as well. You could be a smile education coach. <laughs> okay. This is a real thing, and it's been a real thing for several years. Uh, Keiko Kawano is a Hello. smile education coach. She says more and more people have developed a complex about smiling since 2020 with wearing masks. Oh. And in Japan, in that culture in particular, it's, it was a mask society before that. Like if you had a cold or a smog, like you'd see people walking around with face masks. So during the pandemic, lots of people wearing masks. They've struggled to adjust to life without face coverings, confessing they've forgotten how to smile without mm. looking awkward. So huh. you could be a smile education coach charging 650 bucks an hour wow. to teach people to move and relax your facial muscles. Participants use handheld mirrors to check their progress. <laughs> Adjusting their expressions until they were satisfied they'd rediscovered their natural pre-mask grin. And Keiko is a former 
TV and social media person, so maybe I maybe I could get into this. Uh, she's coached more than four thousand people over the past six years. Do the math on wow. that. Well, six hundred and fifty dollars a or, yeah uh, an, For hour? an hour. Well, oh, I just did that's the math. Mind blowing. If you me. worked forty hours a week, that'd be one point three million a year. <laughs> wow. Uh, unfortunately, the classes are particularly popular among women because if you're a woman, if one more person comes up and says, smile, uh, that's a trigger. That's, that's annoying. But um, yeah, stretches to relieve facial tension, but smiling is also good for you. You know, like scientifically, statistically, it's supposed to release chemicals to make you happy. But um, yep, that's how you can make 650 bucks an hour. Uh, Kawano oversees 20 trainers who run classes all over Japan. So if you'd like to start a, a U.S. Smile Education franchise. Maybe get in touch with Keiko. In case you missed it. Ever lock your keys in the car? Yes. Not recently, it's but yeah. It's harder to do these days, yeah. right? It, yeah. It's a lot more difficult to do. Yeah. But I, I remember this. I turned 16, went to a high school basketball game, left the keys locked in the car. Oh, mm-hmm. It's always a pain in the butt. Uh, you ever see that happen on an airplane? <gasps> no. What, what do you no, mean? this was possible. A Southwest Airlines pilot... Had to take an unusual route to get into the plane just before a flight to Sacramento. Here's what happened. <laughs> plane came in in San Diego, taken off to Sacramento. The last passenger off, shut the door, and it locked. What? The plane door couldn't locked? get on the plane. <laughs> what? So there's a, a picture on Twitter of a guy who's looking out on the jetway, and here you go. I know, ladder pulls over <laughs> up to the window by the cockpit, and the pilot's climbing in through the window. Oh. Because oh the keys to right the plane were locked inside the cabin. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that was even a thing. I didn't know that was a thing either. Of and all the things that flight attendants tell you, they don't say, and if you're the last person off, shut the door behind you. Yes. While waiting at <laughs> the gate, the do flight agent said over the loudspeaker, um, somebody who was on the flight coming in on the last plane, uh, you shut the door. It's locked. Wow. Mad scramble. Plane was able to take off only just a few minutes late. In case you missed it. All right, da- Dateline India. Hello. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's a terrifying incident that happened in the village of Pandapard, Padard, in Joshpur district. I had to give that a try. Anyway, oh. an eight-year- you're brave. An eight, an eight-year-old boy named Deepak was playing in his backyard when a cobra wrapped itself around his arm and bit him. Whoa! He tried to shake it off. But the shake, rem- the snake remained firmly attached. Finally, out of desperation, he bit the snake twice. Oh my gosh! The, s- the snake fell what? off and <laughs> One died. One good turn deserves Wait, another. Wait, he, kill- he killed the, the snake. S- the snake fell off and died. The boy's parents raced him to the medical facility, where he was treated with anti-venom drugs. Fortunately, it appears that the cobra engaged in what they call a quote-unquote dry bite. It's a bite that does not inject any venom. Oh, my god! And the boy went home after a day. Well, Way to go, Deepak. In case you missed it. Where was she from, Deb? From let's see, the village of Panderpad in Joshpur District, India. Very nice. Well done. Well done. There we go. How about a little bonus one? Uh, if so, if you're going to buy an overpriced bottle of water at the airport or a candy bar at the gas station, how do you pay for it? Debit card, credit card. Okay. How are you paying no for ca- it? I don't have cash, so that's out. How do you pay, Max? Yeah, I'd probably, if I've got five bucks in my pocket, that's what I do. Okay. I never use cash either. I use I, I usually have about 100 bucks, but I save it for tipping, and anytime I can use a credit card, I do, even mm-hmm. if it's for $1. 
A new study found that people that are buying guilty purchases, things they don't feel great about, like a sneaking a donut when they're on a diet, or paying for an $18 beer at the airport, or an overpriced bottle of water, they're more likely to use cash because, and they did a big, large study, they say there isn't any lingering evidence. It won't show up on the credit card. And even though people don't think about that subconsciously, the survey found that when you're making a, quote, guilty purchase, we want to purge it from our minds. Using a credit card or other digital payment doesn't do that because eventually the credit card statement's going to come or you're going to see something online. So people are more likely to use cash when they make a small purchase that they just don't feel good about. I never thought about it. I just don't use cash. I use it less and less. I'm a yeah. slow adapter, but I'm surprised how little I use cash. Some places now you just literally can't. Like you're at the ballpark. You can't. You can't pull out a $10 bill and buy that beer. Which is kind of amazing. So, guilty purchases, people more often use cash. They don't want their spouse to maybe know they spent $18 on a beer. They themselves don't want to be reminded that they bought that pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Small purchases used more often with cash. I find that I apologize sometimes. If I got, like, you know, an unnamed amount of money on a gift card, and I don't know how much is there, it's like $3.68, yeah. turns out, and something's only 5 bucks. I'm like, ah. I only have a credit card here. I'm sorry. Yeah. So this you'll is what use, I got. Yeah, you'll Me use too. the three dollars and sixty eight cents and then run your Mastercard for a buck twenty. Right. I mean, I just don't have yeah. cash. I never carry cash. It is so rare. If I have cash, it usually is because I need it specifically for something, not the, because I've you know taken it out of the ATM and just want to have it. Yeah. I don't feel I need good it. if I don't have any. Like I feel like then what about if I'm at the valet or what if I'm. Yeah, so I carry a little cash, but I try to make it last forever. If I have $100, I hope it lasts for like six months. Stretch it out. Because I just don't, like you, use cash, really. There is four fifty six at WCMJ. There's no joy like finding five bucks in your pocket in an old jacket. You got that right. <laughs>